Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and because it's Saturday, I'm here with Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Happy Saturday, everyone. We kind of got sidetracked. We were talking about life plans, but yeah, we decided, we you know, let's put the life plans on hold for a minute and record a podcast. <laughs> let's focus. <laughs> I know, it's so hard. It's so hard, but we're going to do it. Saturdays, we answer your questions and we've got some awesome questions today and we've got a giveaway. I was actually um, just sharing like the surprising thing that I will no longer live without. Um as odd as it seems, because I am like not a supplement person. I'm a supplement cynic. I'm a supplement critic. Digestive enzymes, man. I think you have me convinced. Well, you know, I watch my chickens and my dog. <laughs> and I'm okay, this is going to sound like the weirdest thing ever. Whatever. I'm weird. I'm a weird person. Like, that is just true. I envy their bowel movements sometimes. Like, like the consistency of, the, not like the texture. <laughs> Where is this going? <laughs> no, I've learned so much about how digestion should happen by watching my chickens and my puppy. They eat, they go to the bathroom. They eat, they go to the bathroom, which is the whole reason that I got like super hyper-focused on my gut health, right? I mean, I understand that there's a, a lot of links between gut health and hormones and I have Hashimoto's thyroiditis, but like the biggest thing that made me go, huh, maybe I should pay a little bit more attention to this was that I would feel like my belly was bigger at night than it was in the morning. And that's not normal. I was not having a bowel movement after every meal. And all my animals do. And um, digestive enzymes has really, you know what I did? Because I'm like a weird dork. They're in this capsule. So I made my dinner the other night and I set aside a little bit in a bowl and I opened up the capsule of digestive enzymes and I had two bowls because like I like science experiments. So I had my dinner and then I had small little bit number one and small little bit number two. And I mixed up one of the capsule contents into one. It was a burrito bowl like cauliflower rice Mm -hmm. and um, steak and avocado and salsa. And then I stirred both bowls I came back a few hours later and the one bowl that I had put the digestive enzymes in was like all soupy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. A little bit dorky, but so cool. I've done it three times now just to see. I think it's amazing. That is amazing. And I took them with me to Bermuda because oftentimes like bowel regularity when you're on vacation just becomes like a struggle because of travel and eating differently and all of that kind of stuff. I just feel like they make me a happier human. Bring it on then. Yeah. And that's what we're giving away today. 
so cool. Yeah. So stay tuned until the end of the episode. That's what we're giving away. I don't know why that kind of stuff gets me so excited, but it does because it's like a life hack. Well, and it's working. Well, and I, so most of you guys know I used to work for a supplement company and we had a digestive enzyme product and it didn't change anything for me. And I've tried digestive enzyme products before. In fact, um, a lot of people know that a side effect of general anesthesia is um, constipation. And so the last time I was under general was when I had my eggs harvested, frozen, you know, my eggs and my ovaries. Um, I always say that because people don't necessarily think that's those are the eggs you're talking about. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I was taking digestive enzymes before and after that. Didn't do a thing. But I didn't have the ones that I have now. So these are the only ones I've ever taken that I've noticed a difference. And it's also the only ones that I've ever done this little experiment with, but it, it gets me excited because I'm weird like that. Anyway, that's what we're giving away today at the end of the show. We give away something on every single Saturday show and you can be eligible to win in one of three ways. Number one, you can leave a rating and review of this podcast in iTunes slash Apple Podcast. Number two, you can leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or number three, you can post on Facebook or Instagram, tag the sh- tag me, tag the show uh, with an episode that you love or something that you learned. And if you do all three, you get three chances to win. So we'll announce that at the end of the show. Registration is opening up this week for the summer session of the 12 Weeks to Transformation Summertime is here. It is. And honestly, here's my thought on the 12 Weeks to Transformation Summer Session. A lot of people are like, oh, I'll do it in the fall. Summer's crazy. I actually think that's the best time because when you can practice in the midst of vacation and kids are home and all of that, it's that much easier when you get back into your routine, right? If you only do it when you're in routine, then you always struggle and flounder when you're not in routine. And life is full of non-routine things. So I actually, thinking back, think the summer sessions are some of the best sessions because the biggest amount of skill building happens because of that. So anyway, registration is opening up this week. Go to primalpotential.com forward slash transform. And I don't think I've said this on the podcast. Maybe, well, maybe I have. Um, We're recording this a week ahead of time, so maybe I have in the episodes that come before that I haven't yet recorded. But uh, so I'm building this new course, this Nutrition Foundations course, because so many people are like, I just really need to understand dietary fat, saturated versus unsaturated. Does it increase cholesterol? How much is too much? What are the best sources? I need to get my head around this whole carb thing. Like, are they a problem? Which ones are okay? And while we've talked about all those things in the podcast, they don't live in one course that you can go through at your own leisure. Everybody who registers for our summer 12 weeks to transformation is going to get free access for life to the Nutrition Foundations course. That's going to be so helpful. I know. And as we update and add more resources, it's not going to expire. They're going to have access to that for life. So I'm really excited about that. Very cool. Huge bonus. All right. Primalpotential.com forward slash transform to learn more about that. We got questions. What is the magic of motivation and follow through? That there is no magic. Can there be, Elizabeth? (laughs) I know, right? If I had a magic wand, if you, you know what, if you had a magic wand, what would you wave it to do? Oh man, I need more time with that question. I know, right? Because otherwise, but I always say with any question, like depends on when you ask me. True. I would say my renovation would be done. Mm. Poof. 
Because <laughs> this ain't easy. Every day Sarah comes in and I have a new story. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, the magic of motivation is that there is no magic, right? Or maybe better yet that you are the magic. What is the magic? You, your effort, your attitude. I wrote a blog the other day um, because a friend of mine posted a Peter Drucker quote on Instagram that I didn't agree with. I didn't, like, I'm not going to be like, I think you're wrong. Uh, But the Peter Drucker quote said, like, until you manage your time, you can't manage anything in your life. And I was like, you know, I don't think that time is the, I wrote a blog about it, I'll link to it in the show notes. I don't think time is the most important thing to manage because what, what drives our choices is not how well we manage our time. What drives our choices is our thoughts. So if there were magic other than you to motivation, it's how you think. We underestimate the power of our thoughts to get us turned around. You use your own thoughts to either create motivation or destroy motivation. Last Saturday, somebody had emailed us and said, like, you know, I look in the mirror and I think, well, I'm already like this, so what's the point? Well, the magic to create motivation there stems from changing the way you think about it. I can motivate or demotivate myself purely through my thoughts. You know, like for, I'll use today as an example. It's a rainy day. I am still in my pajamas, even though it is 10 a.m. and I've been up since 4 a.m. because I've been out here working and I was trying to take advantage of the time before my boyfriend left for work. But it's rainy. I haven't showered. I've got meetings until six o'clock tonight. And I could easily be like, I just I just need to get through this slog of a day. The way that I motivate myself, and, and we'll all respond to different things, but in this specific situation of this specific day, I can go to bed tonight feeling like I crushed the day. I can go to bed today feeling like I reached my clients, I served them well, I got done what needed to get done, I took care of myself brilliantly, I made new business connections. That is possible to me. I can go to bed tonight knowing that the laundry is folded and we ate a great meal and the puppy got exercise and we moved forward with something in the renovation. I can create that and feel amazing. Or I can make this day a total wash and I can slog through it. Oh my gosh, there's so much to do. It's all in how you think about it. So yeah, I guess there is magic and it's in your perspective. This next question is kind of touching upon that too. Um, They say that they can't shake this Groundhog Day feeling. I'm following a new saying I like, love the life you live, live the life you love. Here it comes though. How do I shake that Groundhog Day feeling? the Groundhog Day thoughts. After the Slay the Day podcast, I was like, boom, that's it. Just do the best you can every day. Slay every day in your own way. But I still have the Groundhog Day feeling I just can't shake. Well, here's the deal. There's going to be a lot of repetitive stuff every single day, right? So it's not a matter of Groundhog Day for those of you who haven't seen the movie. What are you doing with your life? I'm just kidding. (laughs) I feel like everybody should see that movie. But basically, Bill Murray goes through the same things every day. Wakes up, eats breakfast, goes to work, sees the same people, talks to the same people. There's going to be a lot of that. But the feeling of, here we go again, comes right back to what we just talked about. Your perspective, how you choose to think about it. I can choose to see the same repetitive tasks of, I get up in the morning. 
I pee. I let the puppy out of his crate. I take him outside. I go down to the chicken coop. I open it up. I give them fresh water. I can choose to see that as Groundhog Day or if I change my perspective, like really appreciate it, you know, really appreciate it and remind myself I chose this. (laughs) Nobody brought the dog to the house. Nobody put the chickens here. I chose these things. Same thing, you know, with my job when I worked in corporate for the supplement company. I hated that job. And I complained about it every single day to anybody who would listen. I feel so bad for the people that were in my life at that time because I think that all they ever heard from me was like whining. And then it was the roomy quote that really changed things for me. Why do you stay in prison when the door is so wide open? Number one, you can appreciate the things that are routine in your life. Because if they weren't there, you would probably wish that they were. And if you don't want them there, You are not in prison. You create this life for yourself. So, so much of that Groundhog Day feeling comes back to your perspective and gratitude, right? How can I find a thin slice of joy? There's a book, and I think it's actually called Thin Slices of Joy. No, maybe it's called Happiness, The Happiness Factor. I don't know. There's a book about happiness or joy. I don't know the name of it. And in the book, they talk about thin slices of joy, looking for thin slices of joy, even if it's just that first sip of water, that first sip of coffee, seeing the sun come up, the sound of the rain, look for thin slices of joy. There's so much about this day that I'm in right now that is very repetitive. I open up my email. There's a bajillion of them. I take it one at a time. It is your attitude, your perspective that creates the negative Groundhog Day feeling, which could be more moments to appreciate what you have. And if you don't like it, you can change it. What do you want to change about your life? What are you going to do about it? What do you think about this, Sarah? Because this is really true for everybody. This is something that everybody can either succumb to or overcome because as an adult, there's a lot that's repetitive. I agree. And I was definitely in a place like that before this, as you were just saying with, with your previous job. Yeah. Um, I've definitely been there and it has been awful. Yeah. But then like you, it's like, well, if I don't like this, I need to make a change. Right. And if I don't know what that change is yet, then I need to figure out what I want to do differently or right. something. And even just because, like, I remember when you were in your previous job and not liking it, we talked about it for, like, a year. I know. Yeah. And you didn't change anything for, like, a year. But even that, knowing that you can, can help overcome that, like, here we go again feeling. Because the reality is, well, look, it doesn't have to be that way tomorrow if I choose for it to not be that way tomorrow. But for as long as I'm here, I'm here. You know? Like, that's just that's just the reality. I talked about it um, when I first started dating my boyfriend, I think I shared this on the podcast. At the very, very beginning, I wasn't really sure if it was right. Uh, it definitely wasn't the kind of relationship where like from day one, you just like know and you're sure. I don't think I've ever had a relationship like that, to be honest. But I, I hear other people have. But it's like really, really, it like starts out really awesome. Um, we, we are very, very different. And I have grown to appreciate that more and more. Um, and we've kind of meshed over time, but at the beginning it was kind of jarring and unsettling and, uh, I wasn't sure where it was going to go, but I would tell myself for today, 
I choose to be in this relationship. So I don't need to stress about like where it's going to go and if I like, yes, I could change it. Today I choose not to. So today I'm going to enjoy it and appreciate it. You can change anything that you're not happy with. Now, degrees of change are going to be different based on circumstances, but you have options and possibilities. And I think that Groundhog Day feeling really is more about your perspective than your circumstances. And I think there's like really little things you can do that don't require much huge change. Like yesterday you walked on the beach. Yes. Right? Yes. And like just take a different route to work. Yeah. Go the long way or... um, I don't know, listen to a different type of music or listen to a podcast. Or for me, I usually, when I wake up, I tend to go right to work. Like I journal and I drink my coffee and I meditate and whatnot. But usually within 20 to 30 minutes of waking, I'm working. And if that starts to feel like, ah, here we go again, then I do things differently. And I take the morning and I go a little bit more slowly and I walk the puppy or I read a book or I go out for coffee or I go out for breakfast Focus on what you can do instead of on what you don't like or appreciate. But yeah. How do you identify an addiction versus a bad habit? And how can you resolve the repeated bad habit and replace it with empowering habits? Just do it isn't working for me. Just do it doesn't work for me either. So if it doesn't work for you, don't try that approach, you know? I, for most of my life, tried to... um, abuse myself into change. And I don't mean like flogging. (laughs) I didn't try that. Uh, Yeah, that's a whole other rabbit hole. I didn't (laughs) flog myself. Um, Yeah. But I really was trying to motivate myself to change through venom and hatred and negativity and drama and just shit. And it didn't work. So if you know what doesn't work, then don't keep doing it. There are too many people choosing the same path to change, even though they've known for decades that it doesn't work, but they keep returning to it because they're not challenging themselves to be creative and try something different. So first one is, if just do it isn't working for you, then try something else, right? Um, One of the things, and I'll I'll end with my thoughts on addiction versus bad habit, but like resolving the repeated bad habit and replacing it My tool for this is the identity journal. I think it is a misstep to focus on the big picture of change, right? Instead of drinking wine at night, I'm going to have herbal tea. Maybe that works sometimes, but I don't think change happens on the macro level, the big picture level. Where I think change happens is, all right, just for today, what am I able and willing to do? So if I know that I want to eat less sugar instead of, well, I'm only going to allow myself sugar two times a week, those plans feel good for our ego. It feels productive to set a standard. But if you know that you have repeatedly set standards that you fail to uphold, stop taking that approach. And what I've found to be true not only in my life, but in the now thousands of clients I've worked with in the 12 Weeks to Transformation is setting those broad standards don't really work for anybody. What works is focusing on the day you're in and the improvement you're able and willing to make just for today. Acknowledging, embracing, and being okay with the fact that every single day our bandwidth is different. Yesterday, um, this I know I haven't shared. So yesterday, my boyfriend and I went to look at a potential rental property. And we really liked it. And we decided that I was going to put in an offer. And on the drive home, 
I was talking to my mom on the phone, kind of giving her the the scoop, the lowdown, and we were driving past this ice cream place. And my boyfriend was like saying without saying, he's mouthing to me like, you want to get ice cream? You want to get ice cream? Like celebrate, you know, we're putting an offer in on this house. And I was like, no, because just for today, I just didn't want to do sugar. We had been in Bermuda. I had had ice cream there. I've got my five-year anniversary of Primal Potential coming up. I know I'll indulge then. It's also my birthday. Like, there's plenty of opportunities coming for indulgence. I just didn't want to stop for ice cream yesterday. But if it was July 12th, the five-year anniversary, and somebody was like, you want some ice cream? I do. Yes. So these broad standards don't necessarily reflect how life really happens. This is why I know the identity journal is such a powerful tool because it gets you out of the macro, the big picture, the past, the problem, the future strategies, and it hones you in on the day you are in. How do you resolve the repeated bad habit and replace it? One choice at a time, period. One choice at a time. Uh, how do I identify an addiction versus a bad habit? I don't know. And I don't think it matters. So uh, this has come up when people ask me, like, what's the difference between an eating disorder and just like a pattern of, of making choices that don't reflect the way you want to be or whatever? I don't think the label matters. If you think you need help, if you think you can't change it on your own, then get help regardless of the label. I do not think the label matters at all. I also am totally fine if everybody disagrees with me. It doesn't really matter. You know, like we can all see it differently. It doesn't take away from the opportunity we all have to create a solution either on our own or with help, either with a coach or with a medical professional or both, right? Um, to me, the path to change is still the same, regardless of how we label it. What is the best, most transformative nonfiction book you have read to date? I love to read. I love to read. I think you probably know this. My most prized possession are my books. Yeah, I, yeah. Do, I do. Yeah, I don't care about anything. Like the only thing I really cared about in this office is the bookcase, which yes. is not built yet. Um, I love, love, love to read. And I don't think any book has been transformative on its own, right? I've gotten so many good thoughts and ideas, but I'm not sure I would ever go so far to say that a book transformed me. And the thing I love about feeling that way is that I transform me, my thoughts, my ideas, my determination and willingness to show up every day and say, what is the best version of me? So there are absolutely books I love. Ryan Holiday's The Obstacle is the Way, um, Brendan Burchard's The Motivation Manifesto, uh, Dan Millman's The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, uh, Atomic Habits by, I don't even know, I can't think of it right now. But uh, I, I love to read, and there are so many great books. But guys, transformation doesn't come from a book. It, it doesn't come from the outside in. It doesn't come from anything outside of you. It comes from inside you. So yeah, I don't think there is one. You know, honestly, as, as self-promotional as this seems, I think Chasing Cupcakes talks about how I transformed from the inside out and the tools I used for that. So while it wasn't 
a transformational book for me to read. It was the story of how I created it in my own mind and in my own life. This is sort of along the lines here, but I'm just curious. Yeah. When do you read? Because I feel like your days are jam-packed yeah. and I'm with you a lot. Um, it varies. Yesterday was a gorgeous day and uh, I had a one-hour break between two meetings and I sat outside and read a book about real estate taxes mm. for an hour in the afternoon. Um, usually I read in the evenings, like when I'm preparing dinner and I'm waiting for my boyfriend to come home, I'll usually have a book and I'm just leaning against the counter reading. Um, and then when I'm working, like if I'm working on a particular thing for the master's club or uh, if I'm yesterday, I was creating a challenge for my veterans group of the 12 weeks to transformation. And there were a couple ideas I wanted to pull from books. I read a lot while I was on vacation. Mm. Uh, Digital Minimalism, which is here by Cal Newport, um, is what I'm reading right now. And you're an actual physical book person as oh, opposed God, to audio. Do not talk to me about e-readers. I can't stand it. I do love Audible, though, okay. but only for certain kinds of books. Mm -hmm. So if I anticipate that like I'm going to be taking notes or really wanting to capture ideas from it, I've got to have the physical thing. Yeah, I'm um, the same. But for ease, if it's kind of like light reading or something I want to browse for somebody else, I'll get Audible. But if I love it, I'm buying the physical book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. And honestly, when the new bookcase is in here... I plan to like have a standing meeting on my calendar of reading because right now it's just with the puppy in the space and whatever, but I think it'll get easier when this space is finished. Yes. I want to give this person a hug. Their question is, at 57, is there still hope? Obviously, yes. And I think that even because you're asking, you already know. I like to look at what's behind the question. And what's behind this question is, a greater belief in the past and the problem than in your power to change it, you know? But the fact that you're even asking, the fact that you're connecting with me tells me that you know that there is. And this goes back to what I believe is truly transformational coaching. It's not about, all right, you're 57. Here's what you need to do. First this, then that. It's not about the path. It's not about the plan. It's not about the strategy. It is about identifying and removing what is in the way. What is in the way of the change you're trying to create? Because there are infinite numbers of paths that work. And everybody's trying to sell us one of them. Well, not me, right? That's that's why I could make a ton of money, right? People are always like, do you have like a meal plan or a food list or like what you did for the first 100 pounds of weight loss? I could make a lot of money doing that. And I never will because that's that's just what everybody does. If you feel like you want to change and you are frustrated with yourself, I am telling you right now that you don't need another plan, another 30-day this, another 21-day that. You need to figure out what is in the way and remove it. And, and I think that's kind of what makes the 12 Weeks to Transformation so different. You see a lot of the emails that come in. Like people are talking about the way it's changing their finances, their relationship, no. their ability as parents. Like we see the change in all these areas that they didn't expect, but we do expect it because we know that fundamentally they're changing the way they think. And this is a, a, a way of thought problem, not a way of life problem. So yes, I don't care if you're 97, there's still hope. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
What is the best way to burn fat around my hips, thighs, and butt? Spot reducing is not a thing. So when we talk about I want to burn fat, it really doesn't matter if we're talking about your neck, your arms, your thighs, your butt, etc. because the principles are going to be the same. And I've done a number of episodes on this that I'll make sure to link to in the show notes. You can find the show notes for today's episode at primalpotential.com forward slash 618. We can't spot reduce. So, you know, doing something like crunches or sit-ups does not make you burn more fat in your stomach. Fat loss is fat loss, and we cannot direct fat burning to a particular region. Now, the lower half for women does become uh, slower and more resistant to fat burning because of uh, alpha adrenergic receptors. So, Basically, in the lower half of the body for women, there's a higher concentration of alpha adrenergic receptors compared to beta adrenergic receptors, and that makes those areas a little bit more resistant to fat loss. But all that means is we do the same things, we just do them more consistently. Um, So I've done some episodes on the science of fat loss as well as the fat loss basics. There is nothing different that you do to target hips, thighs, butt. We just have to be more consistent over a longer period of time. I've been thinking about contentment recently, especially in regards to spending and budgeting. In the health, wellness, fitness, weight loss realm, our focus always seems to be on the doing, working, tweaking, hitting goals, etc. How does contentment come into play? I want peace in this process, and I know that contentment plays a role in that somehow. It's not just something that's waiting for me at the end. I also know that contentment, like being mindful, is not passive, it's active. Can you speak to how or if you've worked contentment into this process? Yeah, you know, I think I talked about this a lot in um, episode 613 about my vacation. I shared how, uh, and this, while I shared about vacation, it's true about life in general, that I was kind of all or nothing. I was either all in, aggressive, super hyper-focused, or I was off, who cares, eat whatever, drink whatever, and there was no enjoyment on either side of that. Because yes, even when I was overeating and overindulging and doing whatever, I was giving myself what I wanted, but like I wasn't joyful. You know, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Life is great. It was more like, that was amazing. I feel like trash. I'm disgusted with myself. You know, it it just wasn't good. So what I shared in episode 613, which would be a great one to visit if you're looking for contentment, is I want to feel amazing. I disagree that with regards to health, wellness, fitness, weight, that it has to be a focus on doing, working, tweaking, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, that is absolutely possible, but that comes not from the goal. It comes from the perspective on the goal. You can take great care of yourself and enjoy the process. And as I've shared with you guys that I share with my clients, if you're not enjoying it, you're doing it wrong. One of my food philosophies is that I eat foods I love that love me back. So while tilapia and broccoli might be the most fat loss friendly foods, I don't eat tilapia and broccoli as I mean, I love broccoli, but like I'm not going to do white fish and green vegetables every single day because I don't love it and get excited about it. You know, Uh, it's all about perspective. The other piece of it is going back to something that came up, I think, on the last Saturday episode, gratitude and joy and finding ways to enjoy the mundane. When I feel like, oh my God, the last thing I want to do is like 
eat what I plan to eat. Maybe I, you know, plan to grill chicken thighs and do Brussels sprouts. It just doesn't seem good that day. Like it doesn't sound good. It doesn't speak to me. Then I'll say, okay, well, how can I make a choice that's going to make me feel amazing that's going to feel special and fun? So maybe on those days I go to the grocery store and I get stuff to make a charcuterie plate or something like that because that just feels more indulgent. It feels more special. The same thing. If I really don't want to do whatever workout I told myself I would do today. Okay, well, what movement sounds really fun, you know? And maybe I decide, you know what, we're going to go kayaking after work or something like that. Like what, what can you do to make it more fun and enjoyable? That begins with your attitude, but it extends out into how you approach it. The other piece of it comes in knowing your personal power. I posted after episode 613 aired um, and I shared this on my Instagram stories. I don't know if you saw this, Sarah, but it was like the sweetest thing. So I, I shared a post that was this picture of the jungle gym in the water when we were in Bermuda, you know, the inflatable thing. Mm-hmm. And I wrote a Facebook post about um, the, th- the story I shared on the podcast about why I sat on the sidelines for so long. When I was in college, I was nowhere near my heaviest, but I probably weighed like I don't know, close to 300 pounds, but not 300 pounds. So maybe 260, maybe 270, 280, I don't know. And I went jet skiing with my boyfriend. Um, and he was like a strong, lean, fit guy. He was a competitive power lifter. And we were in the Chesapeake Bay off the coast of Maryland, and I fell off the back of the jet ski. Well, we were obviously like far from the dock, and there, there was nothing to like stand on in the middle of the bay. And I couldn't pull myself back on. Like I was too heavy. And so he managed to turn himself around on the jet ski so that he was facing me on the back. And he tried to pull me out of the water from the top of my um, life jacket. And he couldn't pull me out either. And of course, not only was I like horrified and embarrassed, I was also scared. Like, what am I going to do? Like, swim alongside it all the way back? Are they going to send a rescue boat because I'm like too big to pull myself out of the water? It was awful. And for years, I didn't want to go kayaking, you know, because then we have a house up in Maine. So my family's always kayaking. I didn't want to go because I didn't want anybody else to see me in a situation where if I fell out that I couldn't get back in or anything like that. I, I was just embarrassed. I didn't want to go skiing because I was afraid that if I fell and I couldn't get back up or somebody needed to lift me and they wouldn't be able to. So I, I wrote about this, this post and how it was just such a beautiful contrast to be out in this jungle gym and, and kind of put those fears aside. Um, and I, I shared that. So I'm sitting on the couch later that evening and my boyfriend had just gone to bed and he texted me a screenshot of that post from bed. So he was in bed. I'm in the living room and he texts me a screenshot of that post. Now he's not on Instagram, so he doesn't see anything I do on Instagram, but he is on Facebook. And, um, he, he sent me a screenshot and I said, why did you, like, I know, like, why are you sending me that? It's my post, you know? And he said, I'm going to pull it up because I don't even remember what he said and I don't want to get it wrong. Um, did you see my Instagram? I did. I thought it was so sweet. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't even it's recent. Bear with me. It's here somewhere. And worth it. Um, yeah. And he's not, uh, you, you can speak to this. He is like not a sentimental human. Would you yeah, agree with that? I would. 
Yeah, he like, I, I mean, I, I tease him all the time that he has no feelings. So he sent it to me and it's and he said, I love you so much. And I said, well, why did you send me that screenshot? And he said, that's just what I was reading and you're so impressive and courageous. Well, why am I bringing up this story with regards to contentment? Was I able to play on the jungle gym because I'm like this lean fit specimen with no body fat? Like, no. Is it because I no longer have to worry about my arms jiggling or the cellulite on the back of my legs? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> but it was very much a decision to appreciate how far I've come and not dwell in how far I have to go or how far I don't have to go. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I just want to feel amazing. Like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I should lose 25 more pounds. No, I just want to feel amazing. And right now I feel pretty darn good, you know? To me, that was a decision to feel content by perspective, not circumstance. I wasn't content because I don't have cellulite. I do. And I gave it zero thought. I wasn't content because I now suddenly think everybody thinks I look amazing in a bathing suit. Don't really care at all, at all. And in fact, even my perspective on other people has changed. There's this picture of me. I know I've shared it on social media before, and I was probably around 300 pounds-ish, and uh, I'm walking on the beach in jeans and a long sleeve dark green polo shirt. <laughs> have you seen that? I don't think I have. Oh, my God. I'm going to see if I can pull it up right now and show you. Um, I was with my family at our beach house, and uh, everybody was on the beach in their bathing suits and whatnot, and I'm in like a, yep, here it is. Um, I'm in a three-quarter length polo and dark jeans that have been rolled up, and I'm miserable. Oh, yeah. yeah, you've seen that I one. have. Right. And I'm miserable, and I'm hot, right? And I used to look at people who wore bathing suits, and if I thought their body was, like, nice enough, I'd be like, oh, that must be nice. And I would almost get irritated by people who were my size or overweight wearing a bathing suit like, like they should be as ashamed as I was. And, and it was projection, right? It was my discomfort with myself that I was projecting onto other people. And I was probably envious of their freedom or their, you know, not caring or whatnot. And what I noticed when I was in Bermuda this time is that every time I saw somebody um, in a bathing suit, no matter their size, I was just like happy that they were not living in the insecurity that I stayed in. I didn't care how big or small their body was. There was a lot, I told you, there's a lot of pregnant people in Bermuda. And like, I was just so glad that nobody that I saw, that I appreciated, was hiding the way that I was for so long. And like, newsflash to my younger self, you're not hiding when you're walking on the beach in jeans and a three-quarter length polo shirt for crying out loud. You are not smaller because they cannot see your skin. You know what I mean? Like, it might be drawing more attention. And... How much different do you think people's perception of you is when your arms are bared versus when they're not? And why do you care? You know what I'm saying? But like, I wish somebody had said like, you don't look smaller in those pants, kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, you're, you're, people aren't not judging you because you're in long sleeves and they would be judging you or if you were in a bathing suit. You're not avoiding judgment because you're covered up. But what you are avoiding is this experience, you know. I don't know if that has anything to do with contentment. But I think we all just need to 
have more respect for ourselves. Like the number of people that say like, um, are you at your goal? Do you want to lose more weight? I don't know. I don't care. I'm good. Like, you know, like it just used to be such a thing and it's still such a thing for so many people. And what it makes me want for them is just like happiness. My goal is to feel amazing. And that changes week to week, month to month. What I never want is to feel crappy again. And I felt crappy when I was overeating. I felt crappy when I was overindulging. I felt crappy when I wasn't facing the circumstances of my life. I felt crappy when I wasn't taking great care of myself. So I don't want to feel that way anymore. Like, that's all. And contentment to me comes from personal power, knowing that if I don't like it, I can change it. And if I want to change it now, get to work. Yeah, okay, I think there's one more question. There is one more question, and it is, what is your mantra? It depends on the day, you know? I have a lot of them. Uh, right now, the one I probably turn to the most is fear is a liar because I create my results. I love that. Yeah, because it's easy with, like, the home renovation to be like, oh, my gosh, this is going to cost so much money, and is it ever going to get done? And when it comes to money, it's like, I create my results. We live in the best time in the world to control our own destiny. Like there has never been a time where there have been more opportunities to create something for your life that doesn't exist than there are now. It is unbelievable, but you got to get off your rear and do something about it. And so anytime that I worry about money or I look in the mirror and I'm like, well, I don't like that angle at all. Okay, great. What am I going to do? I create my results. I don't need to be sad about this. I don't need to be upset about this. I don't need to be frustrated about this. I need to get into action about this. So that's my biggest one. But actually, um, I email out my affirmations and episodes that go deeper into them for anybody who gets on the wait list for the summer 12 weeks transformation. So helpful. It's such a good little guide. Yeah, because it's not only like, okay, that's cool, but then you can link to an episode that kind of explains it and, you know, all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Do you have a mantra? I think I'm like you. It changes often. Yeah. Um, Is there something for this season of life that just feels really calming or empowering? Um, I wouldn't call it a mantra, but I know more recently because I'm just, I have a lot of work to do this time of the year that it's that I have all the time that I need. Mm -hmm. And I refer, I think back to like the Beyonce Mm -hmm. reference you've made before. I mean, she's killing it and she has 24 hours a day too. I mean, yeah. Barack Obama, when he was president, he worked out for two hours every morning. Like, oh, we got time. Yeah. Yeah. I just said that earlier today. I said, there's enough time. Yes, you did. time. We've got a winner. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The winner, I'm going to make you read her review because it mentions you. I know. I was reading it a little bit earlier and I just, the, you guys are so kind. I know. We have like <laughs> so the best nice. listeners ever. So we'll say her name in a minute, but will you first read her review? This person is getting digestive enzymes. Awesome. So it's, it's called Inspiring and Motivating. And the review is, this podcast has pushed me through plateaus in my wellness journey. It pushes me and inspires me every week and now more than once a week. Elizabeth has been guiding me with her no BS mentality and practical steps for real change. Sarah has a warm and inviting presence that really enhances the show. I feel like I know them and I certainly trust them. Elizabeth and Sarah discuss how to keep the flame of motivation going in episode 609 and Primal Potential podcast keeps my flame going. I listen to this podcast at the gym when I need a little boost, when I'm bored or unmotivated. I swear it's like a cup of coffee. Also, the steps are so tangible. 
Elizabeth and Sarah use their own experiences in such a relatable way. If you want to jumpstart motivation in an action-oriented, engaging, and humorous way, listen to this podcast. It can really change your life. Isn't that so sweet? That is so, so nice. I feel like we should give her two things. Okay. Um, it's Mad Dog Levy. I mean, that just sounds fierce. I know. Thank you, Mad Dog Levy. Mad Dog. Mad Dog, you are going to get a signed copy of Chasing Cupcakes and a bottle of digestive enzymes because I'm obsessed with the digestive enzymes. And we just would love to send you a signed copy of the book. So all you got to do, Mad Dog Levy, that is your name on iTunes. Um, in case there's any uncertainty there, that was a review from iTunes. Mad Dog Levy, just email Sarah at primalpotential.com to claim your prize, a signed copy of Chasing Cupcakes and a bottle of digestive of enzymes guys you can win too because we really like doing this and we also really like reading these nice reviews wow so nice um it's like a cup of coffee yes <laughs> you, you just have to leave a review of the podcast in itunes or a review of chasing cupcakes on amazon or share on facebook or instagram tag me an episode that you loved or something that you learned. And if you do all three of those things, that's three chances to win. If you tag every single day, that is every single day chances to win. Um, so yeah, we really, really love this. And guys, this is, uh, we're transitioning into launch time for the 12 Weeks to Transformation. If you want to spend more time with me and with Sarah as well, because she's very much part of the 12 Weeks to Transformation family, make sure that you are going to primalpotential.com forward slash transform so that you're on the wait list, so that you get all the information to learn more about the 12 Weeks to Transformation, which kicks off on Sunday, July 7th. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.